0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Hill Krishnan's show. This episode, we're going to be talking about fear. Yes, the good old fear, which makes us hesitate to act. Right? I was just reading 50 Cent's book, Hustle Hard, Hustle Smarter, And he was talking about taking actions despite fear. He's not saying he's like a Superman. He doesn't feel fear and rush to things. So how could we take that as a lesson for us to act or not, right? Courage is acting despite fear not without fear, but despite fear, having fear and still act. How do we do that? I was looking into history and there's this famous quote by Stonewall Jackson, a civil war general, Southern general who said, never take counsel of your fears. Yeah. (laughs) How? how do we how do we not take counsel of your fears? I don't take counsel of your my fears, but fears come to me. I don't go around looking for fears to take counsel by the way, that guy was shot when he was coming back in his horse during during in nighttime raid to look for troop movements and then he died i mean he, he He's, he got his name Stonewall Jackson because he stood there like a stone wall, they say, some other scholars. Well, probably he has a smaller amygdala. The amygdala is the small group of neurons which is in the brain that doesn't, that whenever you feel fear, it lights up. Maybe the amygdala for him was smaller. I don't know. But then I look into history again, and George S. Patton, we all know, Probably you would have heard of him from the movie Patton, right? He's the World War II general. During Normandy invasion against the Nazis, went there. He said, there is time to take counsel of your fears and there is time to never listen to any fear. Okay. And when is that? Not to listen and when to listen to take counsel of fears, right? By the way, he, he also died when he was on a hunting trip in the back of the car, probably not wearing a seatbelt, and the car had a small accident and he crashed and he was in the hospital and died very few days after. Maybe he should have taken counsel of his fears and wore a seatbelt, I was thinking. This reminded me of a very famous book, The Gift of Fear, Let's think of fear in a positive way. Gavin Becker, Becker, Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, Becker, B-E-C-K-E-R. Gavin Becker wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. Throughout the book, he talks about people who listened to their fears, how they were able to avoid violence from strangers and all kinds of um, traumatic stories he lists throughout the book. I read that a long time ago. So, he is advising us to take counsel of our fears, to protect us. Not only our life, but our loved ones as well. I mean, we do that automatically as humans, right? You're going into a subway car. Oh, I'm not going to sit next to that guy. He looks like a serial killer. So, you go and sit in another place, right? We do that. So, how do we do that to when to use fear as our friend and when not to use fears as our friend, to take advice not to take counsel from fears, as this military guy say. I mean, let's delve further into fear. Obviously, if it is a physical danger, like a tiger coming at you, you should take counsel of your fears and better run. You just stand there and glare at the tiger or lion in the eyes. Well, you're going to be eaten as a breakfast. So, physical danger—jumping from top of a hill—there are a lot of risks I could see, breaking the neck and things. So you should take counsel. Crossing a road without lights for you to say go is a physical danger. You're taking risks, unnecessary risks. But we also do take counsel of our fear. When I'm talking about fear, most of the time, it's not physical fear, physical threatening your life, but like public humiliation. Like the number one fear in America is public speaking. I mean, you could talk about that for a whole episode of public speaking fear, right? The number one fear, it's public humiliation we feel. So to take a business opportunity, to take a chance, and ask out a person you like or to start a new business, to choose a new field of study, anything. You feel like you don't want to go away from the mainstream because you don't want to be told, ah, Why would you do that? Huh? Are you stupid or something? The public humiliation. Anthropologists say it is actually a valid thing because why do we feel the fear same as like a physical threat from a tiger lion or anything because we were hunter-gatherers we are modern humans living in civilized societies now but throughout our time most of our time as hunter-gatherers when we are ostracized by our group we better blend with the group and listen to them because if we stand out and ostracized that's equivalent to death because you cannot defend against a tiger or a leopard alone as much as with a group. So it's a death sentence, ostracization is. So that's in evolution, we feel the fear. Even now, in modern society, that if somebody ostracizes us, the group, we don't want to be. And it triggers a fight or flight mechanism, right? We just want to fight or flight. But there's also submission, there's another one. Now, how do we know it is the fear that we create in our mind or it's really something that is out there? It is true, the risk is there, but are we just magnifying the fear? Well, one one solution is to know is to meditate You know, meditation, any form of meditation, you could talk in a whole episode on meditations. And meditations gives you insight, calm your mind. Of course, calms the amygdala. And all parts of the brain, even your prefrontal cortex, your thinking part of the brain, you're calm. The prefrontal cortex works with the amygdala in calming it. Okay? As you get older, you get a larger prefrontal cortex. It's right in the... In the cortex area prefrontal cortex and meditation gives you an advantage of calming and to think deeply and to know whether you are magnifying the fear or is it really a large fear to be taken into consideration to be counseled let's talk in in the field of behavioral economists what they say about Fear of losing. Daniel Ariely, Dan Ariely is a professor at MIT. He have written a lot of behavioral economics books. And uh, I remember from his book that you need to have profit twice that of the loss in order for anybody to take a risk. In other words, example, if I'm gonna say, hey, I'll toss this coin, tails $100, you lose. Heads, you win $100. People won't take that chance. The reward should be twice that of the loss. So tails, you lose $100. Heads, you win $100. That's the reward. Should be twice that of the loss in order for people to take that risk and chance. Isn't that interesting? So how do we use that in real life? We'll talk about it. Research shows anticipating the act secretes dopamine. So dopamine is, by the way, it's a neurotransmitter. It secretes in your brain. It's a pleasure molecule. You feel good when dopamine is secreted. Really good. (laughs) And A lot of them is secreted. And anticipating an act. If I think about, oh, let me go to Van and get some ice cream, immediately dopamine secretes while saying this because I'm thinking about eating it even though I'm not eating it right now thinking about doing the act secretes dopamine. Now how do we use this? We have to think about the reward of an act to act. It's part of us that's why otherwise we will lie down and will not go and collect food. Oh, the reward of eating. You have to get up and go as a hunter-gatherer. Men usually hunted, women gathered, right? And to do that. Now, many of the acts we do are have long-term. Four years you have to go to college. You won't see the reward, immediate reward of money. And I would say the knowledge is Increasing every time you're taking good classes, but you might not see it tangibly. It's intangible knowledge, reward, and pleasure in learning. But the, intang- the tangible reward of money, you won't see it unless you finish the degree, but it's four years. And with that money, you could put your family in a better position. Your parents are, for me, that was one of the motivations that, Help me to pursue higher education. That gives me an opportunity to take care of my mother and my brother. So that is a reward. I think about that. Taking care of the part. And that gives you motivation. And the reward is twice or even way more than that of failing in it. You following? I'm bringing Dan Ariely's research as well. So visualize, think about the reward of, of what it would be. In this case, example I used is college education or starting a business and succeeding in that business, how your life would it be? And it motivates you and perhaps helps you to overcome the fear easier. And you have to do it often. People think about fear quite often. I don't know whether you heard of Robert Sapolsky is a professor at Stanford, wrote a book called Zebras Don't Get Ulcer. <laughs> you know, zebras, when they are just eating in the savanna, and a lion comes and pounces at them and they run and run. And after a few minutes, if you see them, they're relaxing and eating. You and I wouldn't be. We'll be thinking about, oh my God, can you believe that lion chased me? And we'll be talking about it for years and we'll be stressed, traumatized. And we think about the negative situations quite often and create stress and we could. The zebra relaxes even before, five minutes before the lion came to it. It's just eating it peacefully. So rather than Thinking about the negative things quite often. How about thinking about positive. Fulfillment things. Like what? The negative things would be thinking about fear-based, shame-based things. The positive things would be thinking about fulfillment of things. Accomplishment. Feeling of improvement in your education or in your job prospects, business, even asking someone you like out. Yeah, the fear of turning down is high, but what about the the success of someone you really love being on a date? Imagine. Fulfillment, accomplishment, feeling of improvement, and many others things you could think quite often. Perhaps if you think twice or more about these positive feelings often associated with whatever actions you want to take, that would be more rewardsome with the dopamine, which will motivate you to take action than thinking about the negative things. I'm not saying you shouldn't because you will think about negative things. Just like if you're a human being, there's light and darkness but to minimize it and to maximize the positive and minimize the negatives. And perhaps we could all do better in taking actions in things which we want to. And let's overcome that fear. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.